Welcome to the Equipus Church Surrey podcast. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Thank you for the honouring of standing in, in God's Word as well. And um, Pastor Monica, you're a carrier of God's glory. I love that you've been doing this glory series. And, um, and I can just see you're a carrier. You're, you're, I said the first night with the, with the girls, you're vivacious. You've got this essence of, 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 of excitement and passion and just simplicity that is just, yeah, I love friends that are uncomplicated. And, um, and we all have things that we're going through, but there's just life and glory that is on you. Um, but don't be deceived by her lovely Irish accent. She is a fiery one and she's declaring today when she was up here emceeing, She's finding her voice in a powerful way. And the enemy, we're going to be like, look out enemy, because there's going to be strongholds that are brought down, I believe, by this woman that is declaring things over this house and over your lives. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people in her slipstream. So I'm honoured to be your friend. Thank you for the life and the encouragement that you bring to me and to many. And um, thank you, incredible worship team. You've done a brilliant job this whole weekend. And the singers up here, each one of you, thank you for giving your time. Thank you that you're anointed. You're anointed man of God. Don't ever forget it. You've got what it takes. You've got what it takes, not only playing those drums because you're brilliant at it, but you've got what it takes in every area of your life that you might be worried about. You've got what it takes. God's got your back. You keep in His Word and you keep, what's your name? Nathan. Nathan. God's got you, Nathan. He's, you're going to make wise decisions in life. You keep in His Word and you're going to be as brilliant at the other areas as you are on your drums. So thank you. Thank you for all of you for what you give. In Jesus' Name. Are you ready to hear from God's Word? Who needs God to speak to them today? Okay. Okay. That's a lot of you. Oh, my friend Audrey's here again. Lots of love to you, Audrey. How are you? You're good. You're a life giver. You're spreading the word to those in your community. Are you ready for God to speak? So I love that your, your series has been the glory of God. And I just want to give that, um, that, that scripture that has been your series over the last few weeks. I listened to Pastor Mark a couple of times and others that have been bringing the word. But I love this because it's such a declaration of faith. Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and it certainly is. Deep darkness, the people, but, I love that word, but, yes, the darkness is there, but the Lord will arise over you, 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 and His glory will be seen upon you. What a declaration! That even though it's dark in this earth, His glory will arise on you as individuals and it will be seen. It will be evident on you. I wonder how that's going for you so far in 2023. That's your word for the year. Are you feeling like you're a glory carrier or have some things happened this year that's made, that's dimmed that glory, that light, that's made you feel, oh, started off well, but these things have happened. Because I've had things happen. Steve and I both had on New Year's Eve, we had Steve's mum and his sister at different times rushed into hospital. 
And we had battles going on with some of, with our own, with my side of the family. And I, I remember saying to myself in the middle of New Year's Eve celebrations, we had to leave early. I remember playing on the way home in the car, Steve and I praying that, that strongholds are gonna be broken, praying and playing worship music in the car and declaring that yes, God is faithful. God, but in, you can have your moment where you feel, oh, you can feel really deflated. And you feel like you're not that glory carrier. And I was walking over to my mum's one day at the start of the year and I was saying, God, I always ask for a word for the year and it's usually some real faith-filled great word, but I didn't feel it. And naturally, I'm a very positive person, but I found my positivity was getting less. I don't know if it's because as you get older, sometimes problems come faster and thicker. And I was finding I was analysing the situation rather than declaring and dealing with knowing that God is in the centre of it all. And there's actually a phrase that Craig Rochelle says is that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And I thought to myself, if my life is moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts and my thoughts are overthinking a lot of these problems right now, I've got to change the trajectory of my life. And I've got to start declaring what God's Word is. And we need to do it more and more and more as darkness covers the earth. And we need to be glory carriers of of His Word and His life and His purpose in our lives. And so I felt that God told me my, my Word for this year is declaration. Declaration. To declare that God declared the world into being. God said, let there be light. God is a God that declares things that are not as though they are. And this Word is full of declaration. And I'm needing this Word now more than ever. And you know what? Your level of impartation this morning and in life, your level of impartation is determined by your level of expectation. Can I encourage you to increase your level of expectation and believe that God is going to speak to you this morning because our thoughts precede our words, our words precede our actions and over a period of time, it shapes the path that we take and the life that we live. And so the title of this message is The Power of Declaration. What does God's Word say? Now, I wonder if you could stand with me. I know a lot of you have got your notes out and your, your phones, but if you could just put them to the side, because I want to stand in honour of God's Word today. From the front to the back, we're going to say these words. The Word is packed with declarations. And here's some that I just want to bring us that we're going to say that's going to get into our lives and into our hearts. So you ready to say it loud and strong? We're going to say it together, all right? So it's, it's a bit like, um, yeah, we're going to, it's a bit like the prayer book in, in the Anglican church. We're going to say it together this morning. Are you ready? So, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. The Word, God's message in Christ is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the Word, the message, the basis and object of faith which we declare. Let the weak say, I am strong. 
Jesus said, for assuredly, I say to you, whatever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says in Jesus' name. You will have, he or she, whatever you say according to his word. You can take your seat. So thank you for reading them so powerfully. These verses remind us that declaration pleases God. It encourages others and it benefits us. God's Word is telling us how important our lives are shaped by what we say. And we can literally create by the words that we speak. Proverbs 18, 21, that we just said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It says that you will eat the fruit of your words. How many know that fruit doesn't just happen, right? There's a seed, it needs to take root. It needs to mature. It needs seasons. It's day in, day out, season after season. What you say, you will eventually see. Sometimes you don't see it immediately, but what you have sown, you will see grown. It will come. Psalm 92 verse 2 says, it's a good thing to give thanks. We just declared it in the morning and at night. Do you know what psychologists tell us the most vulnerable time as individuals for depression and anxiety is first thing in the morning and last thing at night. How many of you know that to be true? Even if you're not you know, someone that's regularly anxiety prone, yeah, a lot of you are putting your hands up. It's that first thing in the morning. You're more likely to have the tears or the, the, the knot in your stomach or last thing at night, but that's when we need to declare, God, you are faithful. Every, every night and God, you are loving and kind and you want the best for me every morning. Romans 10 says that it starts with our mouth and then the conviction moves into our heart and we know it. Mark 11 says, Jesus, when Jesus was teaching His disciples on prayer, He's telling them, speak to your problem, speak to your mountain. Believe that what you say will happen. Don't talk about your mountain. Talk to your mountain. Some of us are so good at telling God how big our problem is. We need to start telling our problem how big our God is and turn it around. Joel Osteen says, don't use your words to describe the situation. Use your words to change the situation. And you might be saying, Rach, you're obviously a very positive person and you're, you're into the Word of God and that's wonderful. Um, but what about the times when things happen and I'm not naturally, you might be saying, a positive person. I'm, I'm a realist. I'm, uh, Steve is, is um, he would be really real and down to earth and I'm more the, come on, we can do this, we can do this. But I have a lot of moments and I told you that one on New Year's Eve where I can doubt. And I actually look back and I'm, I'm being quite honest here, but there was a moment I wasn't very proud of this past year. 
And it, we were on holiday in April. And it was a very special holiday that we'd saved up for because my daughter, Melody, who's now 23, and thank the Lord, she's moved back from Australia. We were there for 15 years. We came back here in 2018, called to minister back in our, our roots, back in my home church, help pastors John and Chantel Norman, and to minister out in the country and and we were called back, but my daughter left, was, stayed in Australia to study. And she just came back last April. Thank God he answered Mama's prayers, tried really hard not to manipulate it. You know, we've got to be keep out of the way. But I, I was calling on God. And so we were reunited after two and a half, almost three years. And uh, we had this lovely holiday planned. You know what? I wanted it to be perfect. How many mums in here or, or dads, you, you, you get the family together. And as they get older, you kind of think, are they going to want to come with us? You know, so you want it to be great. And you save up and some of you are nodding. You want to create this perfect holiday. Okay, you get on the holiday. We'd had three or four days in and we were at this theme park. It's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. It definitely wasn't on this particular day. We're in the line, in the queue and Melody wants to go on one ride and Mercy wants to go on this ride. And they're, I mean, they, the sisters haven't been together for a while, so they're at each other. I mean, they're having a go at each other. Dad, Steve, does not like queues. He has a complete aversion to waiting in traffic or a line of anything, shape or form. So he's not happy. He's just a bit out of it. And then he's taken one side after another. Actually, before I get into it, do you want to see the happy family? Um, we've got a, there we are, there we are. There's, there's, there's Melody and Mercy and Steve. So at our family that I had this ideal suddenly became very real. And they're having a go at each other. I'm thinking, I'd actually just like to be by the pool with a book right now. I'm just getting, we've been on our feet all day. And I turned around and I would normally be lift, uplifting and positive, but an, a very ugly side of Rachel came out. I mean, I let them have it. I let them have it. They, I said to Mercy, you're, you're impatient. I said to Melody, you're just selfish. You just got this entitlement. I said, Steve, you just don't care. You, just, you need to be act more interested in this holiday. And all of you need to be more grateful for what we have. And I was just going on and on and on and tears filled my eyes because I was so angry. <laughs> and they looked at me like, where did that come from, Mum? And I uh, apologised, mumbled some kind of apology, but the rest of the day really wasn't great. I got home that night, back to the apartment, and I remember opening up my Bible because it was all rushed that morning. We dashed out and I had a cup of tea and I opened my Bible and I read the Bible in a year where it gives you a scripture, an Old Testament, a New Testament, and a proverb and a psalm. The proverb for that day, listen to this, I was suitably slapped Proverbs 14, verse 1. It says, Every wise woman encourages and builds up her family. A foolish woman will tear it down with her words, with her actions. And I knew that God was sorting me out. Anyone ever feel sorted out by God? It's not just the great declarations, it's the, come on, change this. And so I gave it to God and then I got my phone out and I started writing the things that I loved about Mercy, the things I loved about Melody, the things I appreciated about my husband. And that night at dinner, I decided to 
apologise myself for the outburst. And I thanked each of them for the qualities and the strengths that they have and how amazing Melody was to keep strong all this time that we were apart, how much I loved them. It changed the atmosphere. See, you will eat the fruit of your words. It changed the rest of our holiday. In fact, they start saying nice words to mama. So that's always a nice thing. But I wonder what fruit is growing in your family. It's day in, it's day out. It's the good times, it's the bad times. So first of all, I wanna help you with some declarations. First of all, your declarations, number one, frame your future. What you say every day makes a difference to your future and to your family. We need to not only read this word, but to speak this word. If you want your year to be fruitful, and I'm sure you do, you want it to be fruitful, keep speaking choice, life-giving words. Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. All the days, all the days, every day of my life. Start to declare purpose. Start to go the thing that Jesus did, but we knew just the carpenter's son. And yet, right at the beginning of his ministry, he stands up in Luke 4:18. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach, to set at liberty those who are bound. To dig. And he, he, he makes these grand statements because he knows that he knows who he is and what he's called to do. And I remember I used to watch the Watoto kids that, that come over from Uganda and they sing and they, they give testimonies and like eight, nine, 10 year olds are up there singing, you know, what God has done in their lives and they're gonna be the president of Uganda or they're gonna be a doctor or they're gonna be this and this. And they make these amazing statements of faith. I remember watching them once. I think these little kids that have been orphaned can make those declarations. And I'm scared to say, I've been called to preach God's Word. And because I think, who does she think she is? Some of you are called to do something. It might not be preaching God's Word. It might be starting something, a business. It might be backing yourself as a mum and speaking into the lives of your kids because they do need it. But it needs to be, it might be young man, older man that you've got to speak to your friends with, with strength and integrity about the, about, about the difference God has made in your life. And it's something that you can do, but you, you are called to something unique and your gifts and abilities need to start speaking it out. And sometimes we need to speak out those things that are not as though they are. Romans 4, 17, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Start speaking those things that you believe that God has put in your heart and on your life even before they happen. I heard a message a number of years ago by Craig Grishel, the importance of speaking and declaring what is on your life every day. And I've had this on my phone and declared it regularly and I didn't really share it with people because it's quite personal. You don't wanna be seen as that person who's just, I don't know, blowing your own trumpet or saying what you do every day. So I didn't tell anyone until recently because I found as I started, it was actually in our Find Your Voice course that I ran that Monica mentioned. I found as I did that, it really helped people. And so can I share it with you? Some of the things that I read every day. So this is just a real insight into Rach. I love, live, and I'm dependent on God's Word, inspiring others to do the same. I'm an encouraging, loving wife to my husband, Steve, and our lives and priorities are defined by our passion to love and serve Jesus, fulfilling His call in our lives. 
I'm a great mum to my girls. Some days I really don't feel like that. Confidently giving input into their lives with a commitment to nurture their dreams and calling. We will always connect heart to heart. My children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace. They will act with godly wisdom. I'm just declaring that every day right now. Even though there's times and I think, what the heck are they doing? I wake up with purpose. I wake up with direction and meaning every day of my life. I have a strong, healthy back with energy to do all I'm called to do. I'm called to preach God's Word with power and personal application in our church and beyond. I encourage and coach pastors and leaders. I'm joy-filled and I carry a positive life-giving confession, atmosphere of faith and expectation to those around me. I'm passionately pursuing my dreams and calling whilst helping others to pursue theirs. I'm confident that the good work He started in me, He is faithful to complete it. I can do all things through my God who strengthens me. My God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. His grace is sufficient. His strength is perfected in my weakness. And you can add another one. You could add the glory of the Lord is upon me and His power will be displayed through me. Whatever it is that you need to, thank you. That you need to declare and write down, can I encourage you to do the same over your life practically and also bringing God's Word. This week we had two loved ones, a close friend in Australia pass away and an auntie of mine pass away. And I woke up one morning feeling like not any of these things. I was literally declaring I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. His grace is sufficient. You know, when your strength feels at a two out of 10, thank God His grace makes up the other eight. Thank God His strength is perfected in our weakness. So number one, declaration literally frames your future. You know, as I've declared these over the years, I've literally seen them happen because you will eat the fruit of your words. It doesn't happen overnight. It's day in, day out, season by season, maturity as you continue to speak God's Word. Secondly, your declaration fights your fears. It's one thing to declare positive things over your future, but what about when the flipping big giant obstacle comes across your path? It reminds me of David and Goliath. I loved this story growing up as a young girl and you all probably know it well. And the story of the Israelites and the Philistines and they're they're fighting with each other and they put forward their hero, Goliath, the nine foot ironclad giant that actually hollers across the valley in in the morning and every night saying, who dares to come and fight me? And and they're all quaking in their boots until young David, the shepherd boy, comes onto the scene and something arises in him and he's like, how dare this uncircumcised Philistine come against the armies of the living God? And he goes out there with a simple sling and a shepherd's tunic to take on the crazy giant. And you know what? I love this because he had Saul and his brothers not even believe in him, but he steps out anyway. And the declaration that this man makes, this young boy makes, actually wins the battle. 
It's one of the most powerful declarative moments, I think, in the whole of Scripture. And David comes out to the Philistine. He says, you come against me with sword and with spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I'll take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly will know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. What a declaration for a young boy. The battle is won, I believe, there and then. It gives him the tenacity to step forward with his sling and he hits Goliath in the head. He takes the Goliath's own sword as he falls to the ground, chops off that head, silencing his words forever. You know the story, he becomes king of Israel and he fulfills prophecy because through David, King David comes the lineage of Jesus himself. Your words can literally see the purpose of God fulfilled in your life, that it not only impacts your life, but the lives of generations. Your life, mum, your declaration, dad, can make a difference to your family. Some of you have had a medical report that's become a giant. Some of you have had a financial challenge. Many of us have at this time in history in our country. Some of you have had a challenge with your, your, your family members, maybe kids that are not walking with God. Maybe, maybe it's something that is, you stepped out to do and it didn't work out and you're so disappointed and it's, this, it's left this giant gap in your heart and your soul. Maybe it's something that continues to raise up fear inside you. Can I encourage you when fear raises its voice, you need to raise your voice. Raise your voice because the battle is the Lord's. And as I had to declare on New Year's Eve, I declared Proverbs 31, 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. You are clothed, young man, young woman, older man, younger woman, older woman, Older woman, young man, older man. You are clothed with strength and dignity and you can literally laugh without fear of the future. Be strong, be an overcomer. Know that God is fighting your battle for you. Number one, your declarations frame your future. Number two, your declarations fight your fears. And we literally fight it with the Word of God. Take this word and like, how dare you attack me again? I had to do it this week. I, how dare you? You know the most important thing to me is family and calling. How dare you? He'll always attack those most important, precious things to you. And you need to rise up and say, how dare you? Enough is enough. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this reoccurring. I'm standing on God's word. And he who promised is faithful and he will do it. So you be strong and you be faithful. The last one, declaration fuels your faith. Declaration fuels your faith. It's a day in and day out thing. It's one thing to pray over your future, declare your future and declare over those giants, but you need the day-to-day -day miracles, right? And just as you light a fire 
How many of you like a lovely wood burner? I have one in our house and to get it going, you need the little petrol fire lighter things that, that set it off. You need faith to ignite the fuel. You need declaration rather to ignite the fuel for faith. Just speaking it out makes, makes it happen. I love, if we skip forward to the New Testament now, there's an incredible story. There are people in the Bible that reached out to Jesus and it got His attention. I could name many, many that stepped out, reached out, shouted out, and it got God's, Jesus' attention and He healed them. And there's one in particular, I'd like to give you a lot of examples, but there's one in particular and He's named, and His name is Blind Bartimaeus. And he has been lining the streets of Jerusalem as many beggars used to line the streets. And the fact that he's named is incredible. He's mentioned a few times in the Gospels. And they used to wear a cloak that was a government issued cloak that legitimised their their role as as a beggar. And so it's something that he'd become very dependent on day in and day out. So it was very normal for Jesus as He's walking into Jerusalem and some of those, His final ascent into Jerusalem and they're all crying out, they're all yelling, they're all, all arms, arms, but there's one. There's one that gets Jesus' attention. And we look at the Scripture in Mark 10, 47. When He heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, He began to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the rabbi said, shush, be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and He turned round and He said, come, come to me. Jesus stood still and they, they said, he's, he's calling you. So He cast aside, the Bible says, his, his blanket, His cloak, that which He depended on, His comfort blanket. He cast it aside because there's something in Him that knew that this was His moment. This was His moment. And Jesus calls Him and He says, be of good cheer. What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Jesus wants us to articulate what we want Him to do for us. He wants us to speak it out, speak out the need. And He says, Jesus, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Immediately. Immediately he receives his sight and he continues to follow Jesus. That man in the middle of the crowd got Jesus' attention and there were many. Can I tell you today, sometimes you feel like you're one in a crowd and you feel like there's so many prayers going up to God, so many, but He's hearing your cry. He's hearing you as an individual. He's hearing your voice and He's saying, Come to me, my son. Come to me, my daughter. What do you want me to do for you? And the fact that He called out Jesus, Son of David, acknowledged that He knew He was the Messiah because it was prophesied that the Messiah would come through the lineage and the house of David. So He's calling Jesus, Son of David. He's acknowledging who He is. 
You know what? If young David hadn't declared and defeated the enemy, the giant, all those years before, the blind man would not now be saying, Jesus, son of David. I see our declaration shapes generations and generations and it outworks the purpose and destiny, the ultimate purposes and plans of God for our lives, but for this generation, for this time in history. Jesus heals him. Jesus turns it around. He no longer needs that comfort blanket. Some of you need to throw aside that whatever that you've been relying on. And you need to sometimes well-meaning family voices, sometimes our own voice like Tom Yates. How incredible that story of words. His own words disqualified him for 10 years. My own words in my head have disqualified me many times. And can I encourage you to say without a doubt, I know that I know that I know that I know Jesus hears my voice. I know that I'm not just a person in a crowd. He's calling you by name. He's calling you to Himself. I, I had a, a, a very defining moment that happened this year and I shared it with the leaders on Friday night, but I feel to share it with you today. I, I, I had a, 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 I've had a back problem for years and I thought it was better. For a couple of years, it was so much better. I was doing all the right things, and, but I'd still had a bit of a niggle from time to time, but I was able, able to manage it. Well, it went completely in August last year. I was in excruciating pain. We finally managed to get to the doctors, to get the doctor to come out, to give me some strong painkillers. And Steve had to almost carry me to the toilet. I remember lying on the bed, calling out to God, but I wasn't calling out in faith. I was kind of like, oh God, not again, not again. As I get older, is this gonna get worse? Is it gonna affect me to be able to travel and to preach? I was in church and Emily probably remembers, I'm on the front row and it's embarrassing because I can't stand for long or sit for long. And so I had to leave to just sit in the side room, lie down in a side room. I had to say no to a couple of preaching engagements. I couldn't go to a 40th birthday, a 40th, I had to say no to a wedding. And then I thought I was gonna have to say no to a trip. Some friends in, a, in America, in Texas, had offered to fly us over during COVID and we had to cancel it. And they'd, we'd, we'd planned and booked to fly over to see them and they wanted us to attend the Gateway Conference in Texas. And I said, got on the phone to Becky, I said, look, I don't think I'm gonna be able to come. I'm in so much pain. She goes, Rachel, I really believe God needs you here and this is gonna be your moment. Other people around me, good, well-meaning, people that care for me. He was saying, Rachel, I don't know if this is the right thing for you. I had to partner with the faith in my heart and with my friend and my husband. I'm like, we're gonna make this happen. And she managed a miraculous, there were two rows free at the back of the plane and I was able to lie across the rows, got there in one piece, hobbled up the stairs to bed that night. And as I came down the stairs the next morning, she said, Rachel, I think you should come with me to our Bible study. I had a couple of days to rest before the conference and they had a Bible study group, a women's Bible study group. So I said, I'll come with you. And I went and I met these beautiful, influential, godly women. It's a lovely home and 
you know, you have to be on your best behaviour a bit when you're meeting a whole lot of new people. So I was trying to be, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor, I'm the speaker, but, and I'm trying to, you know, just to ask about, about them. And, and, but I just said, I'm not gonna be able to sit for long because I'm in a lot of pain. I'd taken loaded up with painkillers that morning, but I, I, I was still needing to lie down every so often. And as I got in, we got into the Bible study. They said, Rachel, just say hello to the girls. And as I started to say hello, something in me rose up. And I said, thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for welcoming me, but I'm actually, I've come in need of a miracle. I've come to this conference expecting God to heal me. And I started to cry, like I really cried. I was so embarrassed. I cried. There's something about when you give out and give out all the time as a leader or a pastor, or some of you are giving out as a, as a, as a mum or a father, you're giving out and giving out. It's actually quite overwhelming for people to give to you. And they started praying for me and they came over and as I was declaring and saying, I need help and made myself vulnerable, they came over and they started to speak the Name of Jesus over me. And they started to speak joy into my life again. Because when you're in pain, joy can get depleted. And then it can become a vicious circle. They started praying into my, ask my husband's name and my girl's names. They started praying and started singing. Then they started singing Jesus. And I left that place free internally. As I got to the end of the day, I realised that I didn't need my second lot of painkillers. And the next morning I woke up and I hadn't been able to do my usual walk and pray, but I thought, I feel well enough to walk. And I got up and I walked and they lived close to the Gateway campus. I was able to walk all the way round and all the way home without any pain. It was miraculous, seriously. And then I, I got to the conference, loved the conference, flew home. The next day I had booked an appointment to see my physio. And I said, look, I'm feeling so much better subjectively. And she looked objectively and did all the measures and all the prodding and the, the, all the things that she does. She said, Rachel, I cannot believe what's happened. You've just done a long haul flight. I thought you'd have been a lot worse. And you're, 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 you seem like you're back to normal. I said, I had prayer. And she kind of looked a bit puzzled and said, that's interesting. And, and I think in the back of her mind, she's thinking, it might come back. And at that moment, I thought for a minute, oh no, what if it comes back? Because you can say something and you can believe for it. And I shared it on a platform and immediately the enemy can come in and think, oh, what if it comes back? That's when you've got to get rid of that comfort blanket. You've got to get rid of it and believe. It's one thing believing for a miracle, but it's another thing to keep walking in it and keep thanking God for it. But thank God, seven, eight months later, I'm still free of pain. Literally no niggles, nothing, nothing. And I give glory to God. And I keep declaring that He is able, He is able. And speak the Name of Jesus. See, Jesus meets us as our point of desperation and our point of declaration. Sometimes we get so desperate. Can I encourage you to declare over your future, to declare over your family, to fight your fears, to fuel your faith. Keep speaking the Name of Jesus. Can I encourage you to pop your, your notes down now and to stand up for a minute? Because I wanna speak the Name of Jesus into every heart and every life. And I wanna know those of you that are here and super quick, we're gonna be quick, all right? 
Because I believe many of you have been challenged by what I've said this morning. And there's a giant that you are facing. It's a financial giant. It's a diagnosis giant. It's marriage. It's a, a family member. I believe it's those, those three things for a lot of you. And some of you, there's been fear for the future. There's been fear. You know who you are. Who are you? I wanna see who you are. Who you are. There's many of you. Now, I want you to take a next brave step. And I wonder if you can step out of your seat and come forward. Like blind Bartimaeus. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She reached out and she got God's attention just by stepping out of your seat. Young man, older man, young woman, older woman. Just by stepping out of your seat, it's saying with faith, come forward, come forward. It's saying, God, I need You. God, I'm desperate. God, I'm saying right now, I'm declaring Your Word over my life and I'm declaring for breakthrough and that giant will no longer hold you back in Jesus' Name. There's so many of you. Those of you that come forward now, raise your hands. Raise your hands and say this after me. Dear Jesus, I need a miracle. I'm shouting Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. I declare You are good. I know You will In faith, I believe it. I will see it. My breakthrough is coming. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to connect with Equippers Church, then please visit equippers.co.uk and say hello. And if you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe and share it with a friend.